Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. We're checking in mid-August, Sarah, round in the corner into September. Yeah, it seems just mighty dry and lots of uh, dry grasses here. It's The landscape's very tawny. Tawny. Yeah. You just wanted to say that word, didn't you? No, no it just came to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I, I never think of I never think of Portland as dry. So like even the area around my pond where I swim, the pond where I swim, it's not mine. I don't own a pond. Uh, it gets very dry looking. So even though the, the pond itself stays quite full for the whole summer. The pond is right there. Yeah, there's some pictures that, that have will have gone up on Instagram mm-hmm. um, when this comes up. And I'm surprised that those big like buoy things like the pillars. What, mm-hmm. Yeah, the pillars, I guess. You just yeah. wanted to say that word, didn't you? <laughs> well, because I, I did an interview with Amanda Loudon, you know, uh, occasional co-host on our Friday show. And she's writing a story about open water swimming for the Washington Post that I'm not sure when it's coming out. It'll be sometime this month. I'm very excited. She interviewed me for it. Love when the tables are turned. And I was, she said, well, how deep is it? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, there's these things. They're like telephone poles in parts of the lake. And they tell you, and I, so I'm like, after the interview, I'm like, pillars, they're called pillars. Um, I've just never seen them before like that. That's really interesting. Is it for uh, like measuring the, the water level or? It, it is. Well, and it's also to hold up the buoy lines. And that's the those pictures, which I'm so delighted that I ran into that woman for her to take them. Those are in the part where then I swim out beyond the buoy lines. So those, you know, it's not like I have could possibly run into them in the bulk of my swim. So they are in the area where like children swim and, you know, families play and stuff like that. And so that's, it's because it used to be a quarry. I think it might be a bit of a safety feature because this morning, actually I went swimming 
with a mother runner down from Bellingham, Washington, which is right up by the Canadian border. And she had her daughter who's going into um, sixth grade with her and the daughter's an avid swimmer as well. So the three of us went to the pond and they each wore those kind of buoys, those waist buoys that kind of little... Yeah. So you can yeah. see where they are. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So anyway, so the three of us went swimming and the daughter, as we were walking in, I told them it was a quarry and she said, so does it drop off really suddenly? I'm like, no, 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 don't worry. You know, I said, you, you'll notice as it gets deeper. I said, but see right there, it's eight feet and not too far beyond that. It's 15 feet. So, and she was like, oh, so they, they serve a purpose. Yeah, well, good to know. Yeah, good yeah, yeah. Know. Yes, yes. But if you look at those pictures, you'll see how tawny the grass looks in the background. <laughs> look first at the pillars and then look for the tawny grass. <laughs> yes, All yes, right. yes. All right. Well, I have to tell you a funny story about my hike because uh-huh. it's both dry and also the, the water comes in. So okay. Saturday I went. So again, I'm doing the 21 mile Grand Traverse up near Duluth at the end of September. Mm-hmm. It's a 21 mile hike. It's an event. We've talked about that. <laughs> and so, you know, you build up. It's just like building up for a marathon. I mean, we'll be out there for over, I think, marathon length time. Mm-hmm. So I went 13 and a half miles. I wanted to do 14, but gosh, that last little turnaround, I was just like, I was on this part of the trail that I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> I was like doing like 15 minute miles. There was no, oh, no, wow. yeah, there was no technical part to it other than, you know, it was in the middle of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short, I did 13 and a half miles, but at the bottom of this um, trail, you walk by a stream mm. and it's like so nice. And I mean, that's like, the, I love mountain streams. I mean, mm-hmm. You could send me away in one <laughs> when my we'll days are done. Your ash. We'll scatter your ashes yeah, exactly, in a mountain stream. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to sit in this. I mean, it feels so good. Ooh, you know, it's uh-huh. August. It was like 90 degrees. It's hot. It's not hot water, but it's not as refreshing as one would hope, or at least mm-hmm. I would hope. But I was mm-hmm. wearing my blue Wazell AMR shorts. Mm. So I'm like sitting down and I sit down for a while and I'm trying to kind of soak and it's kind of like a pseudo ice bath, but we mm-hmm. need a lot more ice. <laughs> um, but when I sat down, I was like, oh, there's a lot of like sticks and like mossy things, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's okay. You know, whatever. But I was all wet. So I, I finished the hike got back to the car. My shorts all wet. The bottom of my shirt's all wet. I changed my shirt and my sports bra. Mm. And I was going to go to Costco on the way home because I passed by. That. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. It's like a haul to get out there, you know? So I'm like, all right, so I'm going to, you know, two for it as any mother runner does. Yes. And I get in the parking lot and I don't know why, for some reason, I guess I had to look and see kind of what, the, I mean, the shorts are kind of form fitted to begin with, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, they're not, they're not like tight, tight, but they're like, you know, and I was like, God, I wonder what, cause I thought, I'm like, oh, they're, they're like nice and thin, they'll dry. And they, they hadn't. And I'm like, oh God, what does uh-huh. this look like? <laughs> you know, so I turned <laughs> my phone around and like stuck it at, at my butt basically to look at it. <laughs> nice, nice. And I was like, oh my God. And I had all this dirt. I mean, it looked like oh, I'd geez. either like Poop your pants. pooped my pants or had my period really badly. Oh, jeez. Part of me was like, God damn it. Why did he? Well, why did you even check? Because now I'm really self-conscious, right? Uh-huh. And then I'm like looking in my car for like, you know, a long sleeve shirt I can wrap and tie yeah. around my waist. I've got nothing, uh-huh. you know? I'm like, oh. And I'm just like, I'm, I can't go in there. I just can't because oh, yeah. I just felt way too self-conscious, you know, because I was oh, already course. like, of course, I had, yes. like mud all over my legs, like this tall woman 
coming in, wet shorts kind of clinging to her and <laughs> something all over her ass. Like, like, all right, fine. I'll go home. I'll change. And then I'll come back, which I mean, you know, added a couple whatever to my day. But. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. I have to say, I'm glad you looked because that would have been mortifying then to Well, get if someone home. would have come up to me and said, what's on your bottom you know like i'm like uh-huh like uh, i don't know that anyone would i if i saw that on somebody i wouldn't say anything i would just be like oh right. geez you know oh god but it was funny that i got home and grant was like well do you want to take a shower and i'm like no i just want to change my shorts because if i lose my momentum i am never getting out of this house again <laughs> so i literally changed into a pair of black shorts and like went back to costco and then showered later because you know that feeling where you're like you shower and then you lay down in oh, your bed. Of course. Oh, check wah, your phone. Wah, wah, and I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, nap. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my gosh, that reminds me of a million years ago when I worked in Boston at Walking Magazine. Speaking of hiking, I was um, out to lunch with a bunch of friends, bunch of gal pals from work, and we see this woman walking, and she had obviously gone to the restroom, and when she pulled, and she's wearing a skirt, and when she pulled her tights back up, the back of her skirt was tucked into her tights. So that, and they were tights, they weren't pantyhose. So you could just see her, you know, her tight clad butt. Yeah. Uh, and so we all were like, well, should we say something? And say something? And this one of the women, this woman, Sharon, goes, of course we should say something. And she just runs up to the woman and it's like, excuse me, but you've t- tucked your skirt into your tights. You need to fix that. Yeah. And the woman was like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I was like, that was really quality of her to say something to that woman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I feel like that kind of feedback is very welcome. It's like when it comes to bodily fluids, you know, and like it wasn't uh-huh. even bodily. I mean, honestly, I know it wasn't bodily fluids. Oh, I know. You know? It's, not, it's not like, um, excuse me, you pooped your pants. You might not have realized it, but you pooped yeah, your exactly. pants. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So like that, yeah. Or like a toilet paper situation. Toilet paper, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think people mm-hmm. want to know that, you know. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Or lipstick on the teeth. Maybe that's kind of 1950s, but, you know, or something in your teeth, you know, yeah. that type of chia thing. Chia seeds. That's... Oh, my gosh. I've been eating oh. a lot of chia seeds lately trying to talk about pooping. I'm trying to get the fiber <laughs> content up. And like, oh, my gosh, I like I feel like I eat them for breakfast and like yogurt. Four o'clock. I'm still like, oh, there's another oh. one. <laughs> oh, seriously. Seriously. And if you eat it before going on a workout, that can be half the entertainment of a workout. It's just kind of, you know, using your tongue to get all those things out, yeah. out of your out of your teeth yeah. as you go yeah. along oh my god thank god for I have, I have emergency toothpicks in my car but oh my gosh we got to get to uh we got to get to the questions we're never going to get to them <laughs> all right yes 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 all right switching from chia seeds and pooping in your drawers here <laughs> here's aaron with an injured foot hi this is aaron from indiana i've been dealing with a bum foot um since early june after actually pring a half marathon in may it's been kind of difficult to go from such an extreme high to just kind of like lingering frustration. I've been able to continue to run a little bit, but then the pain has just kind of increased. So after about two months of trying to work through it, I landed in a walking boot today um, with a metatarsal stress fracture. So I'm just wondering if you have any advice on how to physically and mentally get through this. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye. Oh, Aaron, I suspect so many folks listening can relate to the situation that you're in. I know I sure can. Dim listening to this voice memo, I was just taken so vividly back to the first time I developed plantar fasciitis. Oh, 
I mean, I remember the first time a boot was brought out to me. It was before, um, mm. oh, the Nike Women's Marathon in, what, 2007? Mm. <laughs> Jesus, like, want to date ourselves a little bit? But, I, I mean, that's when I had a stress fracture. And I remember, I mean, it almost makes me cry right now just thinking about how how emotional it was, you know, when mm-hmm. the podiatrist or I can't remember who I went to, but she brought that thing out and pumped it up around mm-hmm. my leg. And I was like, OMG, what the heck am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Well, that that brings up and you can hear the rawness in, you know, Aaron's voice when she's saying this because she called on the day she got. Oh. Okay, so boot. the first thing I did was I went and got a, a, a Frosty at Wendy's. So Aaron, if you haven't done that yet, that's your first assignment. <laughs> <laughs> I literally stopped Check. on the way home and I'm like, I am treating myself. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, so after the Frosty, then <laughs> fi- find the things that you can do. So I know that when I had my cast on my foot after my surgery, when I fractured my ankle in four places in 2015, that I just knew that I needed to do something because I could just almost see the fitness just draining out of my body. And so that I figured out a bunch of upper body exercises that I could do that didn't interrupt my, you know, didn't make me put too much pressure on my my cast or get me in too compromised of a position. So things like, you know, push-ups on my knees, shoulder presses, bicep curls, tricep kickbacks, you know, and just anything I could do because not only did I feel at least like I was maintaining a modicum of fitness, but that I had some control over the situation. And for me, that was what was so critical that, that, okay, I couldn't magically fix my ankle, but I could have some control over my body. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's so hard, especially when, you know, here comes Erin PRing off a half marathon, feeling like the rock star she should. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're like, wah, wah. And we're, and like, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like you hit run into a cement wall and it's not your Mm -hmm. own doing. So, I mean, a couple of things that I would say about the stress fracture and other things that she could do. First of all, I would inquire about why it happened. Mm -hmm. Definitely get like your iron levels checked, get some blood work done because I got multiple stress fractures over, I mean, I got them quite a bit and I had mm-hmm. no idea that it was related to nutrition. Oh, I really didn't. Yeah. So, and I don't want to give any other advice besides that because I haven't read enough about it right now. It's not on the tip of my tongue, but I would mm-hmm. just say, especially if maybe if it happens again, but I would just try and get some insight as to why it happened. Was it, was it too much? Was it not mm-hmm. having the right nutrients in your body? There's a lot of, mm-hmm. and you can do some reading about that. Anyway, there's that. The other thing mm-hmm. is that, yes, I love all those strength exercises you mentioned and anything that doesn't hurt your foot. And I mean, so I was in that stress fracture. I was in that boot, you know, while I trained for a marathon. And because my feet are so healthy <laughs> had, um, <laughs> uh, from foot surgery, a different abundance foot surgery, I had one of those walking boots, which are like, oh, yeah. you know, it's basically like a board at the you know but not yes. a board and then just velcro that goes over it and i was able to ride the bike i put a flat pedal on that side of my bike and then i clipped it on the other side and i was able mm-hmm. to exercise that way mm-hmm. and i would say you know it depends upon i definitely am not saying just do this aaron i'm saying you need to talk to your doctor and really judge your body for what it is but there are times when i've had stress fractures i take myself out of the boot put it on in a regular tennis shoe, a running shoe, and ride the bike at the gym or ride, ride mm-hmm. the bike like I just described. Mm-hmm. That The biggest thing is that it cannot hurt because it's not going to heal if you keep pushing down on that place where the bone mm-hmm. is not, you know, where it's broken, mm-hmm. you know. So 
I'm not saying go do that tomorrow. I'm saying maybe four weeks down the line or talk to your doctor or all those things. There are certain things swimming, swimming with a pull buoy. If she's a swimmer, mm-hmm. you can do that yes. Yeah. and push off, you know, push off the wall with just your one leg. Um, there's a water running for sure. I mean, talk mm-hmm. about that. That is a, again, you just don't want to feel any pain in that foot. And yeah. the good news yeah. is that, you know, bones you know how to heal. Like they just need to like have some time to glue back together. We're really scientific around here. Uh, glue back together. But then also whether like you talked about like plantar fasciitis, that's, that can be a bugger that can go on for months and years and still not be resolved. So exactly. I so vividly remember you telling me Dimity when I had those ankle fractures that you were like, Sarah, bone injuries, they're a good thing that, you know, at least there's like a heal by date. Exactly. You know, okay, so. <laughs> yeah. It, as long as you, yeah, don't push it again. I, I feel a little, um, you know, kind of snaky giving that advice. But again, like I trust you, Aaron, that you're not going to push it too far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, okay. So we know, maybe don't know exactly where the finish line is, you know, so that it may be it's September 10th or maybe the 8th or the 12th or something like that, that that boot can come off for good. But at least, you know, it's mid-September, whereas, you know, as you said, something like plantar fasciitis, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Could yeah. be September, could be December, could be next yeah. year. What am I, am so, I doing? Is that, am I getting better? I can't tell, you know, like mm-hmm. the foot is naturally healing. Yeah, yeah. So, and when, again, back to my boot days, my cast and then boot days for my ankle, I really thought about giving myself a little perk each day to improve my mood because that was part of Aaron's question, you know, how does she kind of pull herself out of this mood wise? And it sounds so silly, but like, I love this beverage called Kavita. It's like, a t- kind of like a kombucha <laughs> type thing. And it's a splurge for me. I'm not a, you know, spent $3 on a drink type of person. And I just was like, I am worth it and it will brighten my day. And so <laughs> that's what I did. I had a Kavita every day and I was very intentional when I had it. I really enjoyed it. I didn't just, you know, absentmindedly suck it down. And so, you know, whether it's, you know, get a book that you've read a good review about or I don't know, watch that streaming show. Although, oh gosh, like there were some TV shows I watched where I had the ankle thing and I just can like watching them, even hearing about them. I'm like, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I know. It definitely back brings back visceral memories. Yeah, I hear <laughs> yeah, you. I yeah. hear you. So, so any further advice, coach? I mean, yeah. So mentally, yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, is it gets easier. Like that first day is very rough. The first couple mm-hmm. of days is going to feel rough. And then, mm-hmm. and then you kind of figure it out and you realize that in fact, you are very resilient. You can do what you mm-hmm. can do, but don't, you're not, you are going to lose fitness. Like that's just the reality of it. And so like the more that you fret about it, like that's just energy you don't need to lose or you don't need to spend, I'm sorry, because your fitness will come back. It's going to come back. You just PR it in a half marathon. And if September is when you get to start running again, awesome. Like that is not that much time. So mm-hmm. really like don't don't fret about it too much. Easier said than done. The other thing that I have to say is practical. Um, and maybe her doctor told her this and maybe boots have changed. I mean, I've seen some that have like a slimmer profile on the bottom. But mm. one big mistake that I made was not wearing a shoe that mm. kind of had the same heel height as the boot. Yep. Yep. And so you end up kind of walking around like a, you know, <laughs> like, especially if you wear like, you know, flip-flops from Old Navy or, you know, just stuff like Mm -hmm. very, very minimal, badly supported Mm -hmm. shoes. So Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, if you have a pair of thick, you know, thick, uh, like a pair of hokas are good. That's what I thought of when you said a thick, a shoe shoe with thick soles. I'm like, oh, hokas. Hokas. Or, or, I mean, I wore a cowboy boot. (laughs) 
<laughs> my other one, I kind of felt <laughs> sassy like that. Yeah. Also, uh, of Dansko Clogs. Are you a big Dansko Clog fan? Yep. Um, yep. Yep. So yeah, so that's one thing that I would just try to try to match it up as best you can when, especially if you're doing, you know, have a big day of walking. Yes, because otherwise you're going to end up with then a, a knee or hip injury. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and we definitely ask, please do not be one of those people that we see doing a race wearing a boot. Like that is just desperation fueling that, I think. And no good comes from rushing a return to running, no. particularly wearing a boot. That's just that's just no, 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 no. So we'll be back with more questions and answers after this brief break. Stay with us. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Lisa needs guidance dealing with a black toenail. Back to the feet again. Hi, this is Lisa from Mississippi. And I've been running at least half marathons. I've about a dozen of them over the last 10 years with one marathon. And this is the first time in 10 years that I've gotten a black toenail while training. And I don't know where they come from or can they be prevented? Do they go away? Um, or is there anything that I can do about them? Thank you so much. I love you so. Bye. Okay, Dim, I'm going to admit I heard this question and I just thought it was a layup. I'm like, oh, uh-huh, yeah, I know how to answer this. But turns out there are far more causes of black toenails than I previously knew. So I thought it was just caused by what it, um, those in the industry call repetitive trauma. You know, your toenail being repeatedly jammed against the front of your shoe. I'm kind of making like a fist to my other hand motion as I say that. But oh, no, there's numerous other causes. So um, you want to spell some of those out? Absolutely. Well, so yeah, so that's, I mean, the one that you just talked about, like hitting the front of the shoe a number of times. I mean, that's the one that I think is most common with runners, but there's definitely Mm -hmm. other ways like on blunt floors, you know, if you hit it with a hammer or drop, you know, something on it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see here. What else? Uh, Fungal infections. I mean, some melanoma pigmentation changes that happen over time. Also, diabetes or anemia, again, probably not that, we're guessing, mm-hmm. Lisa, but just throwing a couple other ideas out there. Because, Tim, didn't you kind of famously, do, you're, you're always like stubbing your toe or oh, dropping things. God, I thought my you stupid I thought you, feet. Yes. <laughs> I 
that you got a black toenail or two from dropping something on her, from kicking the oh. side of a bed, you know, in the middle of the night. Oh, that 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 broke my toe, actually. That was my oh. little toe, you know, when you catch it on oh. something on oh. the... Oh, oh it's oh. just the worst. But well, that's what your friend, um, your Trisha, right? Yeah, Trisha. She, well, she jumped out of a oh, um, bunk right. bed yeah. to get... Or to jump down from a the top level of a bunk bed to go to the bathroom at night. And she, that's how she broke a metatarsal in her foot. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. That's different. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So that, but that feeling, right. You know, when you're like, ow, 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 mm-hmm. ow. Um, yes, I, I, uh, when we moved in, so this was, you know, Amelia is now a sophomore in college. So she, we moved in before she was in first grade, but I was moving a bookcase and I dropped mm. it on my toe. Um, <gasps> and I had to go to urgent care. That was a big one and get it drained. Um, and then that's mm. happened also when I was training back in the day when I um, had dreams of doing that 50K also on the Superior mm-hmm. Hiking Trail. I yes. got some black toes that way. I never felt like like it hitting against the front of it. I mean, it, it, that almost sounds like too simple. Like it's hitting, it's hitting. But it's also kind of how you land and how your foot is in the shoe. And I mean, there isn't like a certain recipe, like this is, this position is going to give you a black toe and that one isn't. Um, Mm. But you kind of get, you know, a blister underneath it for lack of a better word. And then, yeah, you do have to go in perform a little DIY surgery. It's very, um, you know, kind of gross (laughs) and fascinating at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And you just, uh, you just, if you can, you know, you can either, if if you feel like doing this, I also, like I said, I went to urgent care once because I needed it so badly. It hurt so much. Mm. I couldn't do it myself. But wow. you sterilize a safety pin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can either go under the nail, depending upon where the blister is, or mm-hmm. through the nail. Through the nail is harder, especially yes. if it's down at the bottom. So that's when you're going to probably need some medical intervention. But if you can go at the top and get that blood blister is what it is, right? It is. It is because it's it's like a just a bruise underneath there and it's just filled up with blood yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. getting there is like you just want to you know bite your tongue off but then you get that relief and it feels so (laughs) good so yeah it was like you're reliving it in your mind oh it's i mean it's the worst you know you're like do do i do it today do i you know you kind of touch around it does it hurt that much and you're like yes it kind (laughs) of does but gosh i'm not you know willing to just makes you be very appreciative of like anesthetics i can't imagine you know in the 1800s like Right, have an appendectomy with no anesthetic. <laughs> right there with you, Laura Ingalls. We're right there with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also, I mean, I have had at least one black toenail that I can remember. Maybe I've had another one, but that, and the nail just eventually falls off. Oh, yeah. And I remember thinking that, you know, you read that, oh, it'll eventually fall off. You think, oh, that's going to be horrible. And there's a little kind of baby soft nail underneath your regular nail. Yeah, it's nail. like a little crescent moon, right? Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so that, and so that it's not like you have this raw, exposed skin that's never seen the light of day. There is this kind of soft coating over it, a little, you know, I don't know, do nail type thing. And so, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's not as horrific as it sounds. And, you know, I mean, you can even, there's enough there that if you're self-conscious about, it, you can even paint that little thing, you know, so if you get a pedicure, you can paint it and it will kind Kind of match the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear yeah. something gross? Oh yes, <laughs> not please. That we're not talking about gross things anyway. Stabbing ourselves with, you know. Anyway, I remember, and I can't remember who it was, but you know, I used to cover adventure racing back in the day. That Eco yes. Challenge was very yeah. hot, hot to trot. And um, uh-huh. I remember somebody getting all ten of her toenails removed just oh. so she didn't have to deal with it anymore, like deal with that situation. 
I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah, like being proactive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that... I don't know if I would call it that. I mean, it is. You're right. <laughs> By the definition, it is proactive. That's a little, that's like more like aggressively on steroids proactive. <laughs> Either that or she was tortured. She was really a spy and she just <laughs> covered up by saying, oh, I got them removed so that I won't get black toenails. Yeah. Um, so definitely sizing up in your shoes because I, th- I think in this day and age, people do still wear shoes that are too small oh, on them. Especially, yeah, with running shoes. They think that it's, yeah, yeah. You know, I have long, long given up the thought that I wear a size 10 in running shoes, even though I wear a 10 in dress shoes, because running shoes just don't fit the same and you need more room in front of your toes when you run. So, you know, I wear a 10 in, in dress shoes. Who wears dress shoes these days? I wear a 10 <laughs> in, in, in everyday put your shoes. on after this? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Me and Nancy Pelosi. And uh, <laughs> so then... You know, so I wear a 10 and a half or usually an 11 in running shoes. And then also consider getting ones that have delightfully roomy toe boxes, like our favorite brand, Topo Athletic Shoes. I mean, yeah, they look a, a wee bit clownish, but they are so comfortable. And I, my toes have so much room to spread and, and you know, move around for their safety. Yeah. You know? And if you have genetically gifted feet like I do like there's not a lot of room to move around but you're just so grateful for the white toe box, for the bunions and the hammer toes and all those things your feet are getting a lot of uh play they are getting episode. a lot of play I mean yeah. it's so funny I would you know I do the uh obviously the many happy miles we do live workouts and I just um we just did like a one-legged a single leg focused one and so I record mm. them every once in a while so you know people can go back and follow them again and I do them barefoot and I was watching I you know as I was uploading and I was like oh my gosh like you don't I'm so used to looking down at my bunions that they don't seem so bad but like coming forward they look oh, oh. anyway if you're listening and, and you've uh, been I, I still don't want to wear shoes I think it's better to do strength training without shoes but just uh-huh. just sorry <laughs> I'm amazed. I didn't know that you did strength training barefoot. That intrigues me. Well, yeah. I mean, it's good. It's just good for, you know, I mean, the more things you can do barefoot, the the better off, you know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. saying run barefoot. And definitely, yeah. Aaron, don't take your boot off and do anything barefoot. <laughs> I'm yes. not saying that, but yeah, it's just good for, you know, mobility. Oh. Well, it's good. I played that one game of pickleball barefoot when I forgot my shoes. So, all right. Well, this is another Lisa looking for advice about kids athletics. Hi, ladies. It's Lisa from Minnesota. Um, love the show, long-time listener. My question for you is just, I have three kids, ages six, three, and four months, and so we're kind of starting to, you know, delve into um, sports and activities, and I just wondered how you both thought about managing that. We we also have a farm, and so I feel like my kids are out there running around pretty active, and I, I want them to do organized sports. Don't want to push them too hard, don't want to overschedule them, but want to make time for the things that they will eventually hopefully grow to love and and find important. So just wondered what your thoughts are on the activities and the scheduling as you guys have older kiddos and have been through it a lot. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. So I was truly delighted to get this voicemail as Lisa is the woman who I ran the final few miles of my last marathon with the 2017 Twin Cities Marathon. She and I were wearing the same many happy miles tank top that we still that we still sell in our store. (laughs) So then we just kind of, you know, decided to partner up and almost silently accompany each other through those carry each other through those last few miles. But so 
I didn't know that she had a baby, so a third baby. So congratulations, Lisa. And yeah, so very excited to discuss this topic. And I figure, you know, because between us, we got five kids, damn, and they're, they're active buggers. They are active <laughs> buggers. Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And I, I, I think it's a delicate balance, especially, mm-hmm. you know, three and six-year-olds. I mean, those are not super old children, you know. So yes. w- ask them what they want to play, you know, and find a program that emphasizes fun. I mean, obviously, three-year-old soccer is mostly just like watching them just like, it's like herding cats, right? Probably six-year-olds <laughs> too. But, you know, the idea is, is, you know, make some friends, run around, get your energy out and have some fun. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yes. that's really what you want to do with sports at that point. In yeah. my mind, I mean, we are not experts here by any stretch. And then as they get older, I mean, I, you know, some people might judge me for this, but I told my kids in high school, like they had to play a sport every Every quarter or every, I guess, semester, I guess. Or I guess there's three seasons. So season, every season. 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 That's the word. <laughs> quarter, semester, season. Because I just, it, it's not, I, I could care less if they, you know, are first, last, win, lose, whatever. It is what it is. But I just think the value of sports is so important, both for what, it, you know, they have my genes, my genetics. They might be a little more predisposed towards, you know, depression, anxiety. And I know how much exercise is a lifeline for that. So I wanted to Mm -hmm. set that habit. Mm -hmm. And then also, I mean, again, I've I've talked about this before in the podcast. I just love the vibe of team sports, especially girls. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's interesting, Mm -hmm. boys. (laughs) I watched Ben play volleyball last spring. Boys volleyball talked about that too uh, at some point. But like, you know, at a girls volleyball game, like, you're there for five minutes and you want earplugs. Like they're screaming ace and this and that and cheers and that. And like the boys volleyball game, like a pin could drop. <laughs> Just no, no I mean, not quite, but it's, there's definitely a marked difference in that the energy. So funny. Yeah. Um, but I just love, you know, and, and they'll remember, you know, like singing in the locker room, singing on the bus, just stuff like that, that I think mm-hmm. really, and, and there are other ways. Ben now, you know, he's kind of breaking not he's not broken my rules, but well, he's broken many of my rules. Let's be clear. But um, <laughs> he may play water polo this fall, but you know, he's in the theater now and that's clearly his passion. He's where he wants to spend his time. And so that's fine. Like I'm down with that. You know, it's, he's very self-driven on that, but uh-huh. I still say, you know, you, okay, go walk the dogs for 45 minutes. Um, you know, do things like that. Like I, it's definitely, I still emphasize movement with him. Can I tell you that brings up a funny memory from the weekend. So I rounded up three gals and went and played a second round of pickleball on Sunday after playing in the morning. And we ended up playing against this random father and grown son who were at the courts and they were playing singles. And we're like, hey, you mind if we join and play doubles? So two of us played. And so the son's name was Marcus and the dad was saying, oh, yeah, Marcus, you know, the dad had said that he who's I think his name was Brian. Brian had said that he played tennis and they said, oh yeah, but Marcus didn't play any sports in high school. And Marcus goes, I was in the marching band, dad. And I just, and my friends and I were like, is he joking or does he know that that's not really a sport? Uh, um, I will, let me, let me defend marching band for a second. Because it is a huge time suck and they are out there quite, I mean, because they all do a production basically. It's basically like uh-huh. another theater production. So yeah. yeah, it's not a sport in that they're, you know, running around, but they are on their feet all day long doing all those formations, carrying and st- I mean, I definitely think it's a, it's it it's it is of of the same level, if not harder than pickleball. I think it's harder. 
oh, it would be definitely harder than pickleball. But I just loved him chiming in the like the. It's like hmm, I don't think that falls in the same category as football and baseball <laughs> and swimming. But uh, yeah, yeah, well, it is different. I also think. I mean, Dim, your kids played so many different sports. You know, so they were swimming. You've mentioned Ben's water polo. Both of them volleyballs. You know, I know at least Ben played soccer. Maybe maybe Amelia too. So did you just kind of? put them into different things or how did they, I mean, oh, yeah, how did yeah. Ben discover water polo? Was that through swimming? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ben wanted to, I mean, uh, he wanted to do curling. I mean, the, the, the weirder something cool. is the more that he, Ben wants to do it. So mm-hmm. I was like fencing. Fencing was another one that he was interested in both of those. Mm-hmm. We do have a curling center here in Denver. I was about to say fencing's a huge sport out here in Oregon. A lot of, uh, Olympians come from Beaverton. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so it was a little bit of like convenience, like, okay, what can we find that's a little off the beaten path that isn't, you know, an hour and a half commute <laughs> one way um, in traffic. Yeah. I mean, I just, again, like, I think it's important to, you know, give them a base and especially with kids that, um, you know, my, my kids are athletic for sure. I'm not, I'm not underselling them or anything like that, but you know, there are certain kids that you look at and they're like, okay, he could go play lacrosse, soccer, tennis, whatever, and, and be good mm-hmm. at all those things, you know? Mm-hmm. And my kids are not those kids. They're, you know, mm. they're tall, they're a little uncoordinated, you know? And so it was like, okay, what's going to feel good, you know? So yeah, so just, I mean, I don't think that there's, I mean, don't send them from a soccer practice to a tennis practice to dance, but, mm-hmm. you know, spread, maybe they play soccer once a week, they dance once a week and they play tennis twice a week or something like that and then switch it up. Right. The mm-hmm. only rule um, that I had for stuff like that, you know, and again, I don't know if I would enforce this with three and six year old is if you start something, especially on a team, you've got to finish the season because, yeah, you know, I got to say that the, I know you have that rule and I c- can get behind that rule, man. The, I got into literal shouting matches with Daphne about trying to get her to go to her club level soccer. And finally, I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, this is just causing such friction between us. She's not enjoying it. I, I don't remember. I don't even now remember whether she finished out the season. I was uh, just like, I'm done. I'm not going to make this be a big hurdle for us. Yeah, well, like, that's just, a decision too. I mean, then that's fine. I think, yeah. you know, if you set the expectation, maybe, and maybe, you know, at the beginning, but or oh, not. You know, I don't know. It's, oh, yeah, it, yeah. You know, I would probably make an exception too if it, you know, who knows? But I'm just saying more than, you know, more than anything yeah. except the expectation that that's going to happen. Yeah. It just, but, but when it became a friction point, I just was like, no, 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 no. So, no. yeah, all my kids played basketball. That was a super fun sport. And, you know, it's nice to have an indoor sport in the wintertime. Yeah. Well, and you got John invited, you got, I mean, he got dancing, as you, I, you mentioned through a free program at school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was totally free. Yeah. So that was the thing I was going to suggest to Lisa is also, you know, yes, be looking for here in Oregon, you see a lot of yard signs like sign up for softball and things like that. So you can find out. I mean, that's how we found out about the soccer league that my kids all played in was by signs along the roadside, little little garden, you know, yard signs. And uh, but for John, it was through school. So I want to encourage Lisa to look to see what opportunities schools have out here in Portland. You don't have all a ton of you don't have um, team sports that are affiliated with middle school. Even oh, okay. like there's no you know my kids didn't go to schools that had 
basketball teams after school or something. So I guess in more traditional schools, you might find that. But for him, it was taking advantage of the dance program that they had there. And so, I mean, now look at him. He's, you know, he's found his passion and he's super good at it and dedicated to it. And so you just kind of have to look to see what your options are and hope, you know, he didn't come to it till sixth grade. So it, it could also be, you know, you're not maybe not going to find your jam right away, you know, when, when her second son turns, you know, four, but uh. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's, and that's one thing. I mean, I, you know, this is a whole different conversation and podcast, but um, I, I do not like club sports that make you feel like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're not playing by seventh or what, sixth grade or eighth grade, or if you don't know how to do it by then, then mm-hmm. you're out, you know? And oh, yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. that drives me crazy. So I, I took up, uh, I switched schools halfway through high school. I um, switched from a public to a private high school for my final two years of high school. And so at my private school, lacrosse was a huge sport. And what I failed to realize is that it seemed like pretty much everybody there had been born with a stick in their hand and so they were all really good at it and i'd never played it except maybe in gym once or twice so i went to they had we had a two-week spring break i religiously went to the practices we had during spring break every single day you know so that was a 10 school you know weekdays that i went there and yeah my best friend and i were the only two who did not make it on either the varsity list or the JV list. Oh, and uh, there was, you know, they're not, it's supposed to be, they're not supposed to cut people, yeah. but it was truly an unspoken thing between us and the coach. Like you don't mention it. We won't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Sarah. That athletic trauma uh, is tough. That's athletic uh, trauma is tough. It's, it's fine. I, you know, see, and, and talk about uh, waiting, you know, I didn't discover the inner athlete me until college well, when I, you know, joined rowing. So yeah, well, that's you know, where mine came out as well. So yeah, there's there's plenty of time, plenty of time. Yes, 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 All yes. All yes. right. Well, gosh, keep those questions coming, ladies. We we truly, truly do appreciate it. Give us a call at four seven zero badass one, which is four seven zero two two three two seven seven one. Leave your first name and where you're calling from, keeping your message to about a minute or less, and the number if you forget it. If you don't have it favorited on your phone we'll forgive you but it is in our show notes so you don't need to memorize the digits right now yes 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 and dimity you kept a promise that you gave on was oh, it on answers gosh, thank you for yeah. everyone's tuned out at this point they're like i am done i don't want to hear any more about fiber or toenails or pushing your kid in sports um but yes we have the grand canyon program is available today Look at that Are deadline you? I met. I am very I proud. Know. I'm very proud of you too, Dimity. I truly am. Thank yes. you. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. So we have a 20-week program that right now is hiking the Rim to Rim Grand Canyon. It's just going to be a soft launch. We're not going to throw it up, you know, and send tons of emails about it, but we'll definitely mention it a time or two. It will be under, I think we're going to call it additional programs under the training oh. menu or okay. maybe hiking programs. I, I haven't decided yet. But look for it there. Um, And so the Grand Canyon program will get you from rim to rim in a day, in 20 Mm -hmm. weeks, (laughs) in a day in 20 (laughs) weeks. And um, I'm also going to do one that's very similar, but it's just going to be called Epic Hike. Because Mm -hmm. if you are climbing a 14er or you're doing something like the Grand Traverse that we're doing, that's like 21 miles where you're going to be out there for you know, most of the day, six, seven, eight, nine hours. So it will be a program that will that will prepare you for those kind of hikes as well. So that's just not going to be ready (laughs) to say, but it will be ready soon. I'm not going to let it lag. You know, I was so funny going back and I was like, wait, we did that in 
what, 2019? <laughs> it's been, um, what, oh, three years. So anyway. Hey, did you set a deadline for yourself? You put it out there and you met it. So I, did, kudos, I did. Kudos to you, Dimity. Thanks, yes, thanks. yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, all right. Well, keep the questions coming because obviously we're here with the answers. And some chia seeds. Yeah. <laughs>